आई वी एम इट्स टू थाउजेंड एंड सिक्स एंड द प्रेजिडेंट ऑफ इंडिया एपीजे अब्दुल कलाम इज अप्रोच बाय अ ग्रुप ऑफ ट्रेडर्स डेलीज ट्रेडर्स एंड शॉपकीपर्स टू बी प्रिसाइज वाई एग्जैक्टली हेलो एंड वेलकम दिस इज द लॉन्गेस्ट कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन माई नेम इज प्रिया मिर्जा एंड दिस पॉडकास्ट इज अबाउट द कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन ऑफ इंडिया एंड दिस इज एन इंडिपेंडेंस डे स्पेशल और इस अमृत के महा उत्सव के दिन पर वी आर लुकिंग एट थ्री एज विच डोंट मेक आर लाइफ सो अमृत एंड सीरियसली चैलेंज आर इंडिपेंडेंस द विश विच इज मिक्सड विद आर अमृत इज वॉट वी आर आइडेंटिफाइंग टूडे स्टार्टिंग विथ द सुप्रीम कोर्ट सो आर फर्स्ट ए टूडे इज अकाउंटेबिलिटी नाउ वी हैव बिन लुकिंग एट हाउ द पी आई एल went from being a weapon for the poor to one which metamorphosized into a method which denied access to justice to people who were actually affected in the delhi ceiling case we saw how a petition which was filed in 1985 and considered 21 years later the court issued orders giving very little time to shopkeepers and traders in residential areas to shut shop So yes in the broader picture the supreme court's interventions did position the environment and urban development as a public concern but this did have other damaging and disastrous consequences to real and living people so this is a good time to think about what the supreme court is and what makes it supreme and how are these judges appointed now in the constituent assembly the drafters of our constitution sought hard to ensure that the executive does not control the appointment process and the assembly's concern was to create a judiciary that was independent and efficient and as a consequence the constitution provides for the appointment of supreme court judges by article 124 part 2 which only requires appointment by the president by a warrant under his hand and seal and here's the important part after consultation with such of the judges of the supreme court and of the high courts in the states as the president may deem for the purpose but the keyword here is consultation is it binding is it not binding and which judges exactly and the interpretations of these provisions has been the primary issue on which the debate over judicial independence has played in india our second a today is aadhar aadhar the world's biggest social identification system run by the state the year is 2009 and nanda nilakeni founder of infosys is offered a place on the planning commission a body that guides national social policy but he refused but that did not come in the way because nilakeni was handed over the biggest project ever rebooting india literally So the gigantic Aadhaar project did not begin through a law but as an attached office by the then planning commission. It was initiated by the corporate technological sector where a private agency collected private biometric data of over a million people. Okay. So why do we need Aadhaar cards? And my first objection is everybody looks so awful on their Aadhaar card. that was my legally blonde moment i'm allowed that but more seriously in 2005 a report of the planning commission said that 17% of the state's welfare schemes and subsidies were ghost cards 
state subsidies like grains, cereals, LPG, etc. So the original objective of Aadhaar was to plug in those leaks and was projected to save 1 lakh crore over 10 years. The overall agenda was to fix the system of bogus beneficiaries and ghost cards. And in 2009, through a notification, the Unique Identification Authority of India was set up. Though what made it unique was that it was carrying on without any legal basis. The government did try. In 2010, the government introduced the National Identification Authority of India Bill 2010 in the Rajya Sabha in an attempt to give the Aadhaar project a statutory basis. But when the bill came before the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Finance of the Lok Sabha in December 2011, serious lacunae and concern areas were identified, such as lack of clarity on the collection of biometric information, security concerns, data leaks. So Aadhaar was found to be faulty by a Parliamentary Committee. But did they stop? No. Meanwhile, Nanda Nilekeni describes his struggles in his book India Rebooted as the following. Many talented individuals from government agencies and private companies alike made personal and professional sacrifices to become part of the program. We'd set up shop in half-built offices and semi-furnished apartments, gulped down endless cups of coffee as we worked late into the night and travelled the length and breadth of the country to meet chief ministers and CEOs because we were committed to an idea, the idea that every Indian deserves an identity and a way to answer that most fundamental question of all, who am I? Yo, thank you very much, but we knew who we were before those wretched 12 digits came along. So what happened in the Delhi ceiling case? Traders and shopkeepers, imaginably more wealthy and politically influential than landless factory workers, petitioned the president of India to intervene and brought up the point that they had no representation, either as petitioners or respondents, in a process which affected them. Crazy! And following that pressure, parliament passed a law at the speed of light to protect them. But hey... Parliament was not meant to fight off the excesses of the judiciary and that also tells you that's not how representation, accountability and democracy were meant to work. The judiciary was meant to balance legislative excesses and not the other way around. But the system of the PIL completely shut out the petitioner with the introduction of a new character, Amicus Curiae. And that brings us to the third A for today, Amicus Curiae. So what is this creature? So Amicus Curiae literally means the friend of the court. So under Article 32, a citizen of India may in fact approach the highest court for a matter of public interest. And that person may not have the legal expertise or objectivity to deal with the case. So as PILs grew, courts began to appoint a lawyer who would in fact provide legal perspective, material reports on a particular case. And this was the amicus curiae. That sounds great, but it also meant that the petitioner in that case would be shut out from any proceedings or having a say in the matter. And this was exactly why the traders and shopkeepers of Delhi had to petition the president in order to get justice. The courts were meant to listen to people, not shut them out. Let's get back to the Aadhaar case. The first petition challenging the Aadhaar project, and remember this was not a law yet, was filed in court in 
and many people question the alleged motive of the government why enroll every indian in a biometric system to plug leaks in the social welfare scheme when cheaper technologies like simple computerization can help plug them two examples tamil nadu and chatisgarh fixed those leaks and brought them down to roughly 4% admirable so the objections to aadhar were that one the program is illegal without the sanction of law and two that it infringes upon constitutionally guaranteed fundamental rights in 2015 the supreme court stated having regard to the importance of the matter it is desirable that the matter be heard at the earliest and what did the court do the court did nothing between 2015 and 2017 the court sat on the matter allowing the aadhar ecosystem to bury itself deeper into the everyday lives of indian citizens buying time for the state so today's takeaways are the introduction of the amicus curiae raises serious questions about what the public can do in a public interest litigation the second when aadhar was first introduced at the turn of 2010 the enrollment was advertised as voluntary and was aimed at facilitating citizens access to services today in 2022 it is virtually indispensable for carrying on life in india and lastly how are judges to the supreme court appointed that in the next episode jai hind if you have questions or comments please send them in via email that's the longest constitution at gmail.com you can also rate my podcast at spotify and drop a review at apple podcasts and can also reach out to me on twitter where i am at fundamentally p or on instagram the longest constitution Until next time this is me Priya Mirza signing out